I will go back to school and achieve victory. No man will take what my father has built unless that man is me. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Hey, Stacy. Who would you rather bone? Meg Ryan or Jack Nicholson? <laughs> well, I'd like to say Meg Ryan. I know the joke is Jack Nicholson now, or... 74? 74? Whatever, man. All right. On this week's episode... <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Adam Sandler classic, Billy Madison. And we're also going to be talking about our top three favorite comedies of the 1990s. I think it's going to be a fun show. Yeah, man. First and foremost, Stacy, what are you drinking today? I am drinking Odell Brewing Company Tree Shaker. It's an Imperial Peach IPA. It's got a nice little elephant on the front of the can. It's a cute can. Shaking a peach tree. It's pretty tasty. It's more more IPA than peach as okay. far as the flavors go. A nice peach. Now, I see another can over there. You yes. got a secondary beer? I do. For later in the show, I will be drinking Odell Brewing Company Mycernary. Ah. It's a double IPA. A play on words there. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I All hope right. to have a good evening. Very man. nice. Um, I'm drinking a couple different beers as well. Uh, my first one that I'm working on here is a uh, Laguanitas Dark Swan Sour Ale from uh, their brewing company, a 7.9%. And my second beer that I will be working on later is the uh, Dragons and Yum Yums, uh, the Flaming Lips special beer that Dogfish had put out. This is a 6.5 uh, percenter, and it looks uh, very up my alley. So, yeah. It's a good label. Yeah, good stuff there, for sure. All right. Well, uh, what have you been up to, man? Well, I was on vacation, but now I'm back at work. I, I didn't watch... I watched a bunch of movies to prepare for this episode, so most of my intake has been comedies. I, I've kind of taken... There's a small hiatus in the Godzilla films. Um, I might be working on writing some stuff, so just trying to play a little catch-up Okay. on that. Um, in the world of gaming, I finished Horizon Zero Dawn, which was pretty good. It's, uh, it's a solid game. I think it kind of got overshadowed by Zelda when it came out, but you know people still you know liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. It did well. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's pretty fun, and uh, working on some Final Fantasy. Okay. Just just some good games there? Yeah. All right, very good. Um, I'll name a few things here that I've kind of been watching. Uh, I will, I've also watched a couple um, uh, uh, comedies from the 90s, but not as many as you, but I, I watched a few just to refresh on a few things. Um also, uh, I would like to say I've watched The Beach Bum. This is uh, the new film from Harmony Corinne, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, uh, Isla Fisher, Snoop Dogg, Zac Efron, Martin Lawrence, Jonah Hill, to name a few. Uh, I thought this was a hilarious movie. I would highly recommend it. 
Um, A24 put this out. It's in a lim kind of a limited wide release right now. Probably not a whole lot of time left in theaters, I would guess, to check it out. Something that I hope you do at some point. Yeah, I, I want to. It sounds up my alley. I love Spring Breakers. Oh, I forgot to mention this on the yeah. what, what I was doing. I did watch Vice. I think that was the last oh, okay. Best Picture nominee that I had not seen. Okay. So I got around to and it. What did you think of that movie? Uh, it's okay. It, it's not bad. It's not as good as The Big Short. I think that it lacks the, the energy that that film had. Um, also... They kind of paint him, and maybe he is this way, but the film is very upfront about like Dick Cheney being very secretive, so a lot of the stuff's just made up. Okay. Um, but they kind of paint him as a like, cartoon devil, especially by like the end of the movie. It's um, a little over the top. Um, there's also scenes that... Uh, so they do these things where... They do, like, real footage, so, like, C-SPAN stuff and, um, like, famous moments during that administration. Sure. So, uh, Colin Powell addressing, I believe, the Senate of the House, you know, about, like, why we need to attack Iraq. Mm -hmm. um, Bush's um, speech on the carrier. Yeah. You remember that? I do. Okay. So, all these moments that, you know, we're alive for have seen. There's some, like, iconography there. Uh he has the actors do them and it's shot the exact same way, so it looks like an SNL skit. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So that was a little off-putting. Christian Bell's fantastic in it. Um, I did say that they do make him like a cartoon villain for a lot of it, but there is something that does keep him grounded, and I was surprised um, and thought they did a decent job with that until they kind of, you know, throw it away at the end. But, you know, this could be real life, so... Again, and I don't know that much about Dick Cheney. Yeah. So I, you know, as far as fact checking and stuff, I don't know. Sure. I just thought that the movie itself is just, it wasn't as entertaining as Big Short was. The subject matter, I didn't find as engaging. But okay. that's just me. Very good. I have not seen that one. Uh, maybe I will sometime. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked Big Short a lot. I had a hard time wanting, I, I don't know, I couldn't. Find the motivation to watch the uh, watch Vice. I don't know why. I just like it's just it's fine. Yeah. It. I don't know. For me, it's kind of like that. Like Green Book. Like mm -hmm. it's fine. Right. Like it's there. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Sure. All right. Well, maybe someday I will get around to watching it. We will see. Sorry to cut you off. No, I'm glad you did. Uh, of course. Uh, a couple more I've got here. I won't keep it very long here. Uh, another movie I recently watched is uh, a film called Barbara. This came out in 2012. Uh, this was by Christian Petzl. Uh, he did a film a few years back called Phoenix, which I uh, highly enjoy and recommend. So this would have been uh, a film he did before that one. He also has a film coming out uh, this year called Transit, which is playing in select cities right now, and hopefully we will get it here at some point, which I'm very uh, pumped to see. Uh, we'll just say real quick, um, Nina Haas stars in this movie. She's great. Um, and, uh, I was, I was really excited to catch up with this movie and, uh, you should all go watch Phoenix if you haven't. So anyway, I know you haven't seen this movie and I don't think you've seen Phoenix as well. Nope. So I will not talk a lot about them other than just recommend them. So something I like. And then, uh, lastly, uh, I've watched, uh, some older movies, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about the context later in the episode, but I've watched a couple noir films, 
by uh, Joseph H. Lewis, one called My Name is Julia Ross, and another one called So Dark the Night. And these are 1940s uh, noir films, and one of them, My Name is Julia Ross, I would very highly recommend. The other one, So Dark the Night, I thought it was okay. Um, I wouldn't say it would be one, one of my favorites in the noir genre, but uh, I liked it enough. So, hmm. and uh, so that's that. Awesome. <laughs> Anything else, man? No, you had a productive week. I did not. Hey, that's all right. These things happen. You play games. Hey, you didn't do. It's not like you didn't do anything. Well, playing video games might not be the most productive sometimes. Yeah, life's life. You want to get into this week's subject? Yeah. So you wanted to watch Billy Madison. I did. Yes. And you also wanted to discuss three films. Like each of us pick three from. The nineties, yep. That are either what our favorite. Yeah, so I, I so, have a hard time with the like the favorite for comedy. It's kind of a mood right. thing for me. I will tell you how I personally went about this list, and we're gonna do the list first today. Just give you a little change up here, and then that list will go into Billy Madison. Um, how I went about this, I, I I went about the movies that make me laugh the most. Okay, and. Now, all all these movies I've listed, I truly find them good as well, but they have to really make me laugh. That's how I went about it. And even they make me laugh to this day. Not just things that I watched when I was younger that made me laugh, and like now I'm like kind of, you know, whatever. But they still make me laugh to this day when I watch them. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of went about it. All right. How about you? Me? Um, I guess it was a mix between that and, um, I guess, aesthetically pleasing. But, you know, for some of these things... You know, that's, that's what I prefer anyways. Because I think, you know, for some of these movies, if the craft holds up, then, you know, it makes everything else better. Sure. Um, and we, there's one in particular that I believe, you know, is very well crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for comedies, a lot of it's like mood. And also, I feel like, I feel like they come in bunches. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, so with Adam Sandler comedies, like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Waterboy, Wedding Singer. like they're all kind of bunched, like sure. all the same. Um, all the Christopher Guest movies are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have like these indie, you know, anti, you know, social sure comedies. You, you know, got, like slackers. You got the rom coms, right? You got rom coms, just all sorts of different variety. The stoner genre, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, and you have, like, the SNL alums, sure. you know, outside of Sandler. So you yeah. have, like, you, you know, your SNL movies, you know, like Night of the Roxbury with the Wayne's World films. Um, yeah. Whatever. My, my yeah, name yeah. is Pat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. A lot of variety. So sometimes, you know, a lot of these films will, like, get meshed up for me in okay. my brain. So I, like, would try to pick, like, the best representation. Of kind of each grouping, yeah. maybe. Okay, I, I like that. The 90s is obviously it's it's a weird time in movies, but I find there to be a lot of a lot of physical comedy and that's something I have always attached to. Again, like you said with comedy, it's a weird thing because almost more than any other genre, it's really specialized to you personally because mm-hmm. it's not it, it is about filmmaking, but it can't it's it's almost more about what makes you laugh, what makes you click with what's going on on the screen. Right. And that's how I kind of go about things the most when I look at comedy. So... Like, if you have a comedy that's, you know, visually aspiring to be vertigo, Mm -hmm. like, you can appreciate that craft. Sure. But if it's got a garbage script that's not very funny... Sure. 
can be you know, very, kind of false very flat. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, with that being said, are you ready to get into this? Yeah. All right, I'll start us off here. Knowing uh, me the way you do, I've got a couple cheats. I'm sorry. Um, I'm starting with number three here. I've got a tie, and I'm going with so-called Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison, directed by Tamara Davis. Happy Gilmore, directed by Dennis Dugan. And we are going to talk in depth about yeah. Billy Madison, so I'm not going to go into it too much here. But um, I find it hilarious, and uh, it's an absurdist comedy. It's very much up my alley. I'll leave it at that for now. Okay. And then on Happy Gilmore, it's very much in the same realm. Um, <laughs> it's something that I, I just, I've always found something interesting in these sat Adam Sandler characters that he did in the 90s that are like specified for a certain sport or geared to a, a certain um, profile as like something like Waterboy, Wedding Singer. Um, and this he, in in uh, Happy Gilmore, obviously he's a golfer who is very exaggerated and can hit the ball tons of yards away and gets very upset <clears throat> when something doesn't go right. He used to be a hockey player, turns into a golf player. It's funny. Um, of course, Carl Weathers shows up. Yeah, he's great. Chubbs Peterson, um, you know, the whole alligator biting his hand off. I lose it every time. I love it when his wooden hand gets smashed to bits and he has to re-glue it all back together. That is funny. Uh, it, it's, it's a movie that just, it really makes me laugh. Even to this day, I, I can watch it and it's, it, it's never boring to me. Like I, I, it's a movie and same with Billy Madison. I, I've seen them many times mm -hmm. throughout my life. And even at this point, I continue to watch them, and I continue to laugh, an out loud laugh, not just like a chuckle. But I, I am such a sucker for physical comedy. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's my number three. All right, man. And you? Um, let's see. We'll go with uh, Waiting for Guffman. Uh, Christopher nice. Guest has a ton of great movies, especially during the '90s. Uh, these docu comedy drama things that, um. You know, they does. They're they're all kind of like riffing on Spinal Tap, right. which is you know one of his first efforts mm -hmm. with Rob Reiner. So, um, Waiting for Guffman is about a small town, which is funny because you know we come from a very sure. small town. I it might even be in Missouri. I I don't remember. I think it is. You might be the right. Town on that, that they're in, but uh, one of those movies is. I remember yeah, that for sure. And Christopher yeah, Guest. That might be the one. I think it is. Yeah, and he plays this character named Corky who. Yep is a local like, theater enthusiast who directs their um, town plays. Yeah. Because they do, you know, plays, I, I'm assuming, every season or something. I, I think we, like, our town did this, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you find all these, like... It's a big event. Yeah. You, well, and it's funny because it's all these people who aren't actors. And so you get all these, this collection of locals and stuff, and then you have the people that they like, do think they're actors, or like they were hot shit in high school or college or something. Yes. And like they, it's their time to shine. Yeah. So it, it's riffing on all that stuff. Community theater, man. Yep. Community theater is just is one of the best, cringiest, wonderful things. Strange world. Yeah. So that's what Waiting for Guffman's about. It's uh, they they put on this play about the history of their town. And so it's like written, directed by Corky, and they find out that a uh, New York critic is going to come watch the play, and it, it's kind of like a take on, you know, waiting for Godot. Yeah. So we're, yep, just waiting and waiting, and it, it's great. I, I think it's his funniest movie 
out of, you know, that cycle of films, I, I also really like, you know, Mighty Wind and, uh, you know, Best in Show. Yeah, this, this one and, and Best in Show are my two favorites. Mighty, Mighty Wind's fine, too. Um, but, yeah, Best in Show and, and this one kind of go back and forth for me. I, I find quite both of them quite humorous. Dude, well. I lose it every time. It's the scene where Corky is in his house dancing and he's got his jeans on like crisscross yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah like it's just one of the funniest things and he uses like the same stable of actors and i appreciate that and watching them yeah they're like, all, fred willard they're, have his bits exactly like, they're all character actors and they all do their job like they're just all great yeah and i i'm pretty sure like all these movies are just improvised they, yeah that's the way i understand it too yeah and eugene levy he's always good eugene's in these films. great yeah <laughs> yeah waiting for guffman if you haven't seen it it is stellar yeah good pick man all right all right uh for my number two this is my last uh sorry everyone but i've got one more tie here uh number two i've got tied uh the big lebowski directed by the coen brothers and rushmore directed by wes anderson and I put these two together not only because, well, they're both tied because I love them and I couldn't uh, pick one over the other. Why didn't you do a top five list? Well, I just, I don't know. I just like to cheat. Is your next one a tie or is it just, just one? Just the one. Okay, so you made a top five. I guess so. That's what you did. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also put these two together uh, just because they're uh, from auteurist directors and that... Aren't, I wouldn't say, I mean, both of these directors make funny movies, but I wouldn't say, like, their one goal is just to make you laugh out loud, I would they, say, on most times. We can talk a little bit more in depth about the Big Lebowski um, would be Is it going to come one. up again? Well, yeah. let's save it just here for a second. We'll, we'll no. talk about it. Well, I guess we can talk about it now, since it's going to be your next... Well, just, let's talk about Rushmore and Lebowski. Sure. Because, um, like you were saying, both of these films are aesthetically pleasing right like they're just mm-hmm. well-made crafted films uh yep. wes anderson's style definitely evolves from right. rushmore rushmore is a very solid script uh-huh. um and, uh, and it's filmed competently it is and i would yeah and like you said he, he really he progresses yeah his I visual think through style each movie, he, he becomes a better director and i wouldn't say like all the way up to Grand Budapest, I think is his best directed movie. I agree with and you. I, I I do I think he, he he really achieves at that. But yeah, as far as just a on a on a script level, I, I find this movie to be quite hilarious. And it's it's one of those like he has a more dry sense of humor mm-hmm. at times. But like the some of the lines that are spoken in this movie just I laugh out loud. I just I well I can't help and it. And he like Christopher Guest has a tendency to use the same stable of actors. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and Bill Murray is is great <laughs> in this movie. Um, Max Fisher, who's our our main star, played by Jason uh, Schwartzman. Schwartzman. And you know this is a movie about uh, him. He's in high school, I believe, in the film. He falls in love with a teacher, and um, at you know obviously. That's an interesting topic to begin well, with there. And, and it's refreshing because it's, you know, he's in high school and it plays out like he feels like a high schooler. It's not like right. American Pie where, you know, some of the dudes you're like, that dude looks 30. Yes. He he looks his age. Oh, it <laughs> acts, acts his, his age. age yes. Yeah. And in the meantime, Bill Murray, um, it's, it's this love triangle that's not because the teacher is never in love with Max. Yeah. But she is in love with Bill Murray. They 
get together. And then this causes Max to have a friction towards both of them because Bill ends up being his friend during the film before right. he and he knows that Max has an affection for her while he goes and pursues her because, well, they're both adults. Yeah. But um, anyway, this it, it, it's it's a really good movie and it's it just makes me laugh. Some like some of the things off the top of my head that are that I can very much remember it's just like these actions that Anderson always has in his movies that like sometimes you don't notice how funny they are until like it ha- like you just think about it but like there's a scene where Bill Murray is like running through this playground area and there's a kid getting ready to take a shot of a basketball and he just jumps in out of nowhere and just spikes <laughs> the ball down from the kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, there's no context other than him just doing it. Right. And it's, it just makes me laugh. And then like, there's some lines I just find so hilarious in it. Like there's this dinner they go to early on in the movie and Bill Murray is, is accompanying Max and um, the teacher. Why well, I can't remember her name in the movie right now. I'm sorry to everyone. Um, but there, and she brings a date with her and he is a nurse and Max is not happy that he mm-hmm. is, he is there for the date. And he says, you know, um, who invited you? And he's like, well, she did. And he basically, um, kind of makes fun of him about being a nurse. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, these are OR scrubs. And then Max is like, oh, are they? Yeah. And after he says that, Bill Murray had a drink, has a drink in his mouth, and like he almost spits the drink out. And it's just these little moments yeah. that, like, they just get me every time. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. So Big Lebowski. Yes. Uh, Coen Brothers. It, this movie's like super famous now. It went from being like a cult thing to this is probably one of their most famous films, right? Like, I would say so. It's, so I, it's got a huge cult following, and I don't even know if you want to call it a cult following anymore. It's just a big following. Yeah. It is... It's like low-concept, noir, riffing on that. Right. But you have like all these like wonderful, colorful characters, and one of just the best comedic screenplays ever. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. The writing in this film is so sharp, and what I appreciate about this film, outside of it being, like, one of the few comedies that's, like, artfully and aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very well shot, the spacing, right. um, all that's great, but uh, I love their use of characters. I love that every character in the story matters, and it matters to tell the story. Even, you know, like, what was it? Like, David Thulin or whatever I think David Thulis, yeah, yeah, the, the, he's in the movie for what a minute, yeah, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> adds so much to the film. He, he's just laughing, you know. Um, he's like one of Maud's friends, that's right, played by uh, yeah, um, Julianne Moore, yep, and just him laughing in this chair. It just kind of shows the absurdity of you know her life. Um, this high like art life that uh, yep. you know Jeffrey Lebowski, you know <laughs> isn't you know accustomed this very to very pretentious lifestyle. Yeah, so I I really appreciate that every single character, regardless of how big or small, they add so much flavor to the world and the world that's being built. Uh, and I think that's very unique. You know, I don't think there's too many movies that can say we have no throwaway characters. Yeah, I mean everyone is fantastic too in the movie. Uh, you know. Uh, Steve Buscemi as Donnie. Um, you've got um, John Goodman as Walter. Obviously, it's, yeah, just influenced by John Milius. Very much. I mean, it, that character to me 
is my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I like the movie very much, but without Walter, it just it doesn't work fully. And right, like his man, he ooh, he's a lot so, so much. Like, so in a for good you, way. like John Goodman brings the best heat. In the he film. does. No, I, I again, I I like everybody a lot, but he is my he's my star of the film. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. in this film. Yeah, everything he does in the movie makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like his reactions are the best. Yeah, his little giggle, his his yeah. looks, the the heavy sigh, and that's right. putting the hands together. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 is fantastic. Um, Would you say this is your most quoted film? It is up there. I was thinking about this this week, actually, as we talked this through. About I I. I say a lot of things in my life from 90s comedies. Right. This is one of them. I've already mentioned some uh, Adam Sandler yeah. movies. Yeah, a lot of Happy I Gilmore. I say a lot of Happy Gilmore stuff. <laughs> I say stupid things from The Waterboy uh-huh. that I didn't even realize I said until, well, it's from The Waterboy. Yeah. This is somewhat embarrassing, but somewhat kind of funny that these things, and it's just, just part of life, but... Um, <laughs> So it, just, it makes you think about how how much something has influenced you, or or how much uh, something uh, stuck with you. Let me. Life. So, another question for you: Is the Big Lebowski the film you've watched the most in your lifetime? It's up there. I mean, if if it's not, like, what comes close? I would say this and something like. Um, Old school, I've seen a great uh-huh. many times. I used to fall asleep to these movies, as right. you well know. Uh, I've seen Rushmore a good amount of times, but I would say Big Lebowski, at least the first half of the movie, I've seen more than any movie in my life because uh, I would put that on at night and even when, I, when I've when i seen the movie 20, 30 times, it mm-hmm. keeps counting, I would still, it would take me a little while to fall asleep just because like, I just, I want to see that, that first like 20 minutes is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't end, but I mean that, that it just, it, right from the get go, you're, you're in and like. You want to be with these characters. Yep. You want to hear their dialogue. You want to know what kind of trouble they're going to get into and how they're going to get out of it. And yeah, it's it's it is. I would say you're probably right. Probably the most move the the most times I've seen a movie in my life. Absurdist noir. Yeah, yep. And uh, man, poor Steve Buscemi. <laughs> well, so what do you got next, man? All right. So these are number ones here, correct? So. Uh, my number one movie is Groundhog Day, uh, directed by Harold Ramis. And this is a movie that I didn't see for the first time until about, I don't know, three years ago or so. I fell in love with it. Um, I've watched it probably a handful of times since. Um, it's a movie that, that I think, um, more times you see it, I, I think the more you fall in love with it, at least that's how it was for me. Um, I find so much to like out of, especially the smaller uh, actors in it, I, I'm in particular Stephen Tobolowsky. Um, I see, every time he sees him, and and uh, we get Ned in their dialogue, yeah. and and every time there's just a slight little difference in, in what they say and how they go about it. It's it's very good. I love this script so much. And I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, you know me. I'm not like the hugest script person in the world, but like this is a script that I, I think is just genius. It's a very dark movie. Um, I found it. I find it highly disturbing each time because he's caught in this loop, and you know I, I try to think of if that's something that would have happened to me. Like, you would lose your mind. Obviously, like we don't know how long he's been there. 
But we can they have a, hint at we it, have a that good, it's years. a good sense of it, right? Because it comes to the time where he has articulated and gotten down every single person he meets throughout that day, what their dialogues are, what their actions are, where they go to, where they spend most time, and what. And like he gets to a point where things are so dark for him, like he there's times he commits suicide on screen just to try to end this loop that he's stuck in. And I also find it um, a very disturbing film as in uh, the way the love uh, relationship is <laughs> because uh, basically the only reason he's able to get in a relationship with this woman is because he studies her every move of every second. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I find it highly disturbing as well. But I think it really uh, works and I love the movie. I find it funny and I, I think it's a very genius movie as well. Well, you know, as you said, you know, the more that you watch the film, the more you fall in love with it. So I probably just need to watch it a bunch more. And you just saw it for the yeah, first time. Yeah, I just recently. saw it for the first time. Um, I like it. I, I think it's good. I don't think it's, like, the greatest comedy ever made. I know some people sure. put it up there sure. with that. That's just me. You know, he's doing his shtick. It, it's very similar to... It's like a less exaggerated him and Scrooged. Okay. Um, also Andy McDowell maybe doesn't work for me completely. Fair enough. Um, yeah, their romance is weird. It's a strange romance, that's for sure. Yeah. And (laughs) I, I don't think that she is, I guess, charming enough to get me to root for that relationship. Okay. Well, that is Um, fair. So is it like Scrooge and he just had to learn to be a good person or did to complete the level, did he have to have sex with Andy McDowell? (laughs) That's a good question. Maybe yeah. I mean, I, I can't give you a straight answer. Right. But, you know, it's something to think about. I do hope you watch it more. I'm, yeah, I'm not, no. Not, I, obviously, it, like, I will. Like said, I like the movie. It, you know, it, it may not be a great of all time for you. But, you know, at least for me, I'm just going to say I liked the movie the mm-hmm. first time I saw it, it. It it really just grew each time I watched it more. It may not happen with everybody, but that's just how my experience was. Yeah, so. and I appreciate the movie. I think it's very good. Good concept. Very good. All right, man. What do you got for number one? Well, okay. So you say number one. I no rankings on these for me. Okay, these just a yeah yeah. yeah. Um, because I mean, if I had to rank them, I would say Lebowski is probably the best out of the films I've got listed. But um, so my next one is uh, Dogma from Kevin Smith. So Kevin Smith gets started in the '90s. Clerks is a big hit. Very popular. Mallrats, which is like his take on like a John Hughes sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Not a big hit. And then does Chasing Amy, so he gets that indie notoriety back. And then he follows that up with Dogma, which is I think one of the best scripted religious films ever made. I The, the screenplay is so tight. There are silly things in the film um, you know, things that he does through all of his films that, you know, are a little silly, it, depending on how you feel about, you know, Jay and Silent Bob's characters. I enjoy them. Um, also, like, how you feel about the uh, melodramatic aspects of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in this film. Sure. Or, you know, their wardrobe. <laughs> which, you know, mm-hmm. seems dated. But maybe not. There's a guy that I work with that dresses like them. You hey. know, with the hoodie and the black coat. Still living it. Yeah. Okay. I so, like that. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyways, yeah, I, I just really like this movie. I, I think the screenplay is so tight. 
I think that he has a lot to say about religion and he says it without being cynical or condemning anyone or anything. Really, it's more of like a nobody has it right and, you know, asking questions that everybody has thought of, you know, if they are, you know, raised, you know, in a religious family or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think that the screenplay is really tight. It's, I think it's his best film. It's easily his most ambitious movie. And I think that the craft, while while his craft is not as good as it, you know, is in Clerks 2 or Zack and Miri, it is better than it is in, like, Clerks 1 and, you know, those previous sure. films. Okay. So I, I think it's a good film. Great cast. Very good. I have not seen the movie probably since... Uh, I was a late teenager. Yeah. Um, so it's one I sh- I will try to give a rewatch to sometime. Did you watch uh, his movies much? I watched. I did uh, late in high school. Um, mm-hmm. I watched. I I watched Mallrats a lot. Um, Clerks. I saw a decent amount of times. Uh, I've I've seen Chasing Amy, um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen all of them. Um, he has some I like more than others. Um, I I'm afraid to watch a lot of them now because I a part of me probably thinks like Mallrats probably doesn't hold very well. Ah, uh, I don't know. I because he's still a good like he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So even though the stuff might be like silly and immature, like he's still a good writer. He writes very good dialogue. Okay. Well, that's fair. And I, I will check out uh, Dogma sometime because, again, I, that's one I, I haven't... I remember liking it when I was yeah. younger. I, I just haven't seen it for many years. You're so. right, though. Mallrats is probably the most cartoonish of sure, his. Sure, sure. And I will say, I will... Uh, no matter what, I will stick up for Clerks 2. I think Clerks oh, 2 that is movie's a very great. good movie. So uh, I will always uh, defend that one if they are I haters. like all of his View Skew films. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's just me. All right. Well, uh, before we end, uh-huh. I have a few um, that I just want to mention. I'm not going to yeah. talk in depth. You made more than a top five. I have, these are movies that I love. Jesus. I let it go. Uh, so I'm just going to give you all some random movies that I'm sure you all know and you probably either love or hate them. So I got here Beverly Hills Ninja, Half-Baked, Waterboy, The Wedding Singer, Dumb and Dumber, Austin Powers, Rush Hour, Dazed and Confused, and Election. Those are just... Some of my favorite comedies. All right. That I didn't go in depth on. So Nolan bringing the top 12 list. Always and forever. All right. All right. Well, are you ready to get into <laughs> Billy Madison? Yeah, I'm ready to get into Billy Madison, man. I'm excited. Um, so Billy Madison directed um, by Tamara Davis. That's right. Um, she did uh, some other comedies. Yep. Of note, I think she had a couple films of note. You're you're gonna look it up, but yes. um, yeah, 1995. So I believe this it's not his first movie. I think Airheads is before this. Airheads is what 94. Maybe? That's right. Um, but this is his first like creative, you know, output as far as like him writing it. It is written by him and a SNL staff writer named Tim Herlai. Her lie, I think that's how you say that. Um, but their partnership actually lasted quite a while. They wrote um, together all these 
you know, films of his that are really good and mm-hmm. some of the bad ones. Um, so yeah. he's been with them forever, even up through this, like, Netflix deal. Right. And I will say with Tamara, um, she also did the, the the great comedy I just mentioned, Half-Baked. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. That's right. Um, she also did the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. I've seen that. You have? Um, yeah. So when I worked at the theater, this is before you worked there, I would watch everything that we would play. Mm-hmm. No matter what it was, I would watch it because it's like, I like movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen that movie. It's not good from what I remember. I think Rosario Dawson's in it. Okay. I think she's, like, one of her friends. Meet you at the crossroads, crossroads. Yep. Ain't about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, this was made in 1995. Um, You know, I want to talk a little bit before we get into Billy Madison about Adam Sandler. Okay. A little bit. Um, I think he he gets a bad rap nowadays and i think mostly it's because of his choices he's made um i think adam sandler is actually a talented actor when you say gets a bad rap you mean critically critically because popular people like right Mm -hmm. the populace the populace will watch anything he does on netflix or in the theater the grown-up films are big hits and they are not good yes critically speaking um he get he 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 take most people take a dump on him yeah and and I think nowadays I, I understand that because he picks up projects that are just flat out dumb. I mean, they're they're not mostly very good movies. <laughs> right. And But the thing is, is when he came about, um, I think people forget how talented of an actor he was and he still can be when mm-hmm. he wants to be. Um, you know, he did these movies like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, The Wedding Singer, uh, Waterboy, these things in the 90s that actually I think are quite funny. Uh-huh. And I think um, they had a lot of cultural zeitgeist to them. Whereas now today, like, people do watch his stuff, but I wonder, like, it's like he's putting out stuff so fast and on Netflix. And it's like, he's someone that I, I think people don't really talk about that much anymore other than oh that's just an adam sandler movie we know what we expect from it uh i just i find his career to be a bit fascinating he's a guy that when he wants to act he can he's been in things like uh punch drunk love where he's worked with someone like paul thomas anderson Uh uh-huh he's been in things i know you're not as big a fan of this movie but like funny people with judd uptow that i quite liked He's also been in the Meyerowitz stories. Just Which I like that ago. movie a lot. Sure. Um, with Noah Baumbach. So I just I just want to throw that out there that this guy is talented and I will always stand by that. Well, and he was also in Bulletproof with oh, of uh, course. Marlon Wayans. The great Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Yes, obviously. In a um, Lethal Weapon ripoff. Yes, that's right. And don't forget Overboard. That is his first movie. That's right. That- <laughs> That's like pre SNL, isn't it? Is, it? That's is right. that like when he was doing yeah. stand up? I believe that's right. Like, is that late eighties or real early nineties? Uh, let me look. Can you can you talk for a second? Yeah, I'm look at that. So I agree, man. Um, Adam Sandler is a really good actor when he wants to be. Um, yeah, I I really dug Meyerowitz stories, uh, Punch Drunk Love, of course. But I do think like he's good in these comedies, especially the romantic comedies. I think that, you know, in Wedding Singer and Fifty First Dates, like, he's pretty good. Um, 
I, I just find them, you know, pretty engaging, man. Do you find them? By fun? the way, yeah, it's called Going Overboard. Yeah. Uh, not Overboard. That's a different movie. He's completely. a stand-up comedian on a boat. That's right. And this is from 1989. 89. Directed by Valerie Bremen. So that's, that is pre-SNL for him, right? Does, when, I don't expect you to find this and look it up, <laughs> um, but I, I have to imagine that he doesn't become a cast member until, I mean, I assume, what, 91, 92? That's what I would assume um, as well. Because yeah. his run was pretty short, wasn't it? Yeah, like, he didn't was have it only a huge two run. or three years. Yeah, that sounds right. So, so yeah, yeah, by the time <laughs> that you know, I think you did Airheads in '94, and then Billy Madison, um, and by about that time he was off of SNL. Yeah, by '95. Right. You know, and the other thing you know about Sandler is, especially you know, I don't know. Again, I will say I haven't watched many of his films over the last few years. I have no desire to, to be honest. Um, but when he was coming up and, and as he continued to grow into his career, he, he was he was a very physical comedian. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I've always been drawn to that, as I've talked about earlier. I, I think of things like that he probably took a lot of influence from. And, and I don't think this is fluff. I think this is probably, uh, in my opinion, something that he took influence from was somebody like Jerry Lewis. Um, I would also say like... Uh, like just like absurdist comedies from like the early eighties. Uh, so when you say physical comedy, um, cause I, I think that can be confusing for sure. some. So what you mean by that is like Jerry Lewis, um, right. like the, the reactions, yes. like these over the top, like facial, like animations. Yes. These animations. Um, you're not talking like a Harold Lloyd or right. three stooges right, right, right. of like physical violence. Yes. That's you right. You know, equals comedy. Yes. We're, Exactly what you said there. That that's right. That's how I'm going about that right there, and um, I I think that um, I think that's that's something you should look at when thinking of him and yeah. and some of his influences. So you know sure. things like you know the original Nutty Professor thing you know things like this. And uh, anyway, I just want to talk about that for a second because I just Adam Sandler has meant a lot to me as a person and just as far as my comedy growth in life. And I just I think people forget a lot of times how good how serious people actually thought about him right um when he was coming out so just wanted to talk about that for a second yeah i mean for man like what post water boy he's probably one of the five or ten biggest stars on the planet yeah right yeah i mean it's like him and will smith yep that's right so yeah he was a big deal and yeah you're right like this netflix stuff um I haven't even seen any of those movies. Yeah, man. I, I, I can't say that I have either. Not very interested. <laughs> but a movie I am interested in, Billy Madison. Do you care if we take a very short break? Not at all. All right. Break away. I need to pee very badly. All right. Back from the pee break. All right. So to start this one off here, Billy Madison, I'm going to give us a quick summary on the letterboxed. Billy is going back to school. Way back. Billy Madison is the 27-year-old son of Brian Madison, a very rich man who has made his living in the hotel industry. Billy stands to inherit his father's empire, but only if he can make it through all 12 grades, two weeks per grade, to prove that he has what it takes to run the family business. All right, man. I mean, that that very much is the story. Uh, with that, you get a... When, when in writing class, was taught you know, for comedies that 
They are best if you have a ridiculous character in a normal situation or a ridiculous or a normal character in a ridiculous situation. Okay. I find that a lot of his films are both. They're very high concept movies. Yeah. Now, if you do just spoil it down to the situation of like going to school and then take a ridiculous character like Billy Madison, who is what, a late twenties. Right. You know, mm-hmm. alcoholic. Yes. And put him through grade school. <laughs> Like, that's where you get your entertainment. So, I guess you could, you know, say that it could be, like, the initial idea is grounded. But, um, man, this movie is out of control. Yeah, initial thoughts. I I like this movie a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think that the way that we, you know, view films and, like, review them or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, um, I, I think that you probably lean more favorably towards this film than I would. Um, but I do appreciate it, and I think it's hilarious. And I think that there is some really weird stuff in this film that merit, <laughs> like, analytical discussion. Very much so. I'm with you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we got Adam Sandler. This is, like, one of his first big starring roles, you know, creative. Um, Veronica Vaughn, played mm-hmm. by Bridget Wilson um, Sampras, which I think the Sampras is not there you know, during the movie, because she married the uh, tennis player, Pete Sampras. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. But I think her, like, most famous film outside of this is Mortal Kombat. Yeah. She plays Sonya Blade. Okay. Um, That movie's freaking awesome. Yep. Very Maybe good. we'll talk about that someday. She has a small role, and I know what you did last summer. Uh-huh. Um, she's also in um, Last Action Hero. Okay. She might be the daughter in the movie world. Very nice. Also, his dad, Brian uh, Madison, is played by Darren McGavin, yep. who is, I, I want to say most famous, this probably isn't true, but most famous for Kolchak, the Night Soccer, oh. the 70s show. Okay. Um, Dan Curtis did those TV movies with him, mm-hmm. and then it became a television show where this um, hard-nosed reporter who's looking for the truth uh, runs into the supernatural, so lots of vampires and mummies okay. and stuff like that. Um, probably more famously, he's the dad from Christmas Story. Right. Yeah. I think he's also one famous. of the radio announcers in The Natural. All right. Didn't know that. Yeah. Very nice. Uncredited. Oh, wow. That's a travesty. I know. I and I'm if I so saying. he was in Cold Shack, The Night Stalker, and he was also in Kojak, the oh, TV wow. show with... Um, um, Tony Savalas. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the name. Kojak and Koshak. I know. Wow, what a career! I, dude, yeah, Darren McGavin's awesome. So if you have public broadcasting like over the air TV, there's a station called MeTV, and you can enjoy the Night Stalker Saturday nights after um, Spinguli. And um, it, it's on the late night block. In fact, we've just given you like a pretty good Saturday night. Listen to our podcast. Watch Billy Madison, then go or, or switch them. Watch Billy Madison first, then listen to our podcast. Spinguli, then go watch, uh, you know, the, the, Night the Night Stalker and some Star Trek. All right, man. very good. Shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, this movie's got a lot of good side actors. Um, Bradley Whitford is phenomenal in it. Yes, he is. Um, you got Norm Macdonald playing one of his friends. That's right. And man, Norm Macdonald 
anytime he's on screen, I pop for that guy. He's hilarious. That dude's awesome. Which, did Dirty Work make your little list? Oh, man, that's another one I forgot. That movie's freaking great. We just watched that within the last man, year. Dirty Work's really good. Yeah. It makes me laugh, too. It's very funny. It is really funny. Good good callback on you. I'm sorry. That's yeah. a bad, Dude, bad choice. On Chris Farley bringing the heat. Every scene that he's in. I think this might be one of my favorite Chris Farley performances. Well, he's so good as the bus driver. Like, he does not waste a second of screen time. No, I, everything, like, every scene he's in is aces. Like, it's straight fire. All right, so we, we need to get into talking to the movie. This We're going to have a three-hour podcast yeah, we better on Bill stop Madison. Yeah. We, we, we can gush all day about this movie, because this is a movie also that I love, obviously. Um, I, I'll just leave it at that so we can so get into it. Our movie, we find our hero, Billy Madison. Um, he is drunk completely passed out sun-soaked drunk. That's right. In his family swimming pool at his mansion, surrounded by his friends. Yep. And um, our inciting action is Nudie Magazine Day. Yeah, so we have some good stuff going on. He's got suntan lotion. Yeah. Putting that on his body. You see what's gonna what, what kind of character we got here Do you think with? Nudie Magazine Day, if you show this movie... To a 14 or 15 year old teenage boy, yep. do you think they understand Nudie Magazine Day? Or is it, what are you doing, Grandpa? The internet. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Like, you don't even think that plays. No, what is this? What is mail? Yeah. And the- you know, people are still enjoying the Nudie Magazines. I'll say when I go to the bookshop <laughs> at Barnes and Noble, no mm-hmm. kidding. So, those magazines, like Penthouse the, the and penthouse, stuff, the they're Playboy. plastic wrapped, right? Yeah. When I go in to Someone, find... Someone's undone them. They've undone them, <laughs> and the magazines are open, <laughs> just out in the norm. That, off topic, that's a weird thing. I, I know. Like, I know, I've seen this as well, like... Like, who goes to a bookstore and is publicly... Why, why, why are you at, looking at these in the like in front of God and everyone? Yeah. You know? Just, just looking at porn, out in the open. Playboy and stuff that's a little more tastier, but you shouldn't take the plastic wrap off. That's right. You know, you open it, you buy it. That's what I. Say. I I agree, but like penthouse man, <laughs> there's some. There's, there's kids around, man. That's I that mean, is on. true. There are kids come around. <laughs> but yeah, so Nudie Magazine Day Ma- doesn't play well. Yeah, kind of dated. One thing I will say cracks me up about this scene is obviously Norm Macdonald's line. Um, Billy's like, "What day is it?" And Norm Macdonald's like. October? Yeah. <laughs> it's Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> now, I, 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 I'm sure you noticed these. Do you Did you notice the covers of the Nudie Magazine Day? Oh, yeah. So, our first one is the best one, obviously. She-Male Fiesta. I also love that they did not put, like... Like, they were in it for the initial joke, and yeah. that is it. That's right. Like, these magazines do not look like magazines <laughs> yeah. at all that you could get in the store. They look like those weird scholastic zoo books. Yeah. And underneath the, underneath that cover, too, the She-Male Fiesta, it says, I sit down and pee, dot, 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 or do I? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We have women over 80. And then our last one, of course, Billy's go-to there, the drunk chicks. Right. No, yeah, drunk much, college chicks, man. As the kids say, his aesthetic. <laughs> so, okay. there A problem I have with this movie, Billy, whenever he is drunk on screen, is the most annoying <laughs> cartoonish character that's ever been put in a movie. Mm-hmm. That is how I feel. I do like the penguin, however. Chase is the penguin? 
It's too damn hot for a penguin to just be walking around. The penguin is just is a large man in a penguin mascot outfit. That's right. And he's invisible to everyone except Billy. Except for Billy. And only when Billy is inebriated. Yes. Um, during this time, uh, we meet Wanda for the first time. That yeah. is his maid. She's I, great. I love her. Like, she is hilarious in this movie. Uh, we meet some of our main characters. We meet Carl and Eric. Carl's great as well. Dude, Carl's I think so we good. mentioned him earlier. Um, I put Eric is a little bitch. We learned that from early on. Well, he's probably most famously now like the dad in Get Out, right? Bradley Whitford. Yeah. And also, he, he had a great run on the West Wing. Yep, he did. I want to, um, obviously, you know, we, we can talk about, there's so many things to talk about, but like, we see Billy in the in the, in the the bathtub talking about his conditioner and shampoo. Yeah. Which one's better? Shampoo better. I go in first, I clean the hair. Yeah, Conditioner. conditioner. I make their hair silky and smooth. Stop looking at me, Schwan. We get swans involved, yeah. obviously. A lot of good stuff here. Uh, we get this scene next where... Um, the dinner scene. We get a dinner scene and, and Billy eating some soup with his father and his his uh, associates, which I'm not really sure why he is invited to these dinner scenes. Yeah, it, they made it seem like they were waiting for him the whole time. Uh-huh. Sure. And then they dismiss it like so instantaneously. Uh, nothing in this movie makes sense, right, by right. the way. Um, which I'm going to argue, like, this film is a work of surreal comedy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I called it absurdist humor, like, when I, you know, I reviewed it, which I think you feel the same way. It, it's, it's a movie that a lot of things don't make sense. More so than any of his other films, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Like, I would argue that this movie may have never happened. That's very like <laughs> Billy may have never left the pool. He just may have dreamed he, the whole thing. Yeah, it might just be a sun-soaked drunken daydream. And that that would kind of even make it better, I think. Like if nothing you think of it in, that in this movie makes sense. That's right. Uh so yeah, you know, we get the, <laughs> the scene there. Billy talks gibberish, I think is Yeah, he is funny. he talks gibberish. He um, <laughs> There's the guy that he's talking about one of the business partners and Billy grabs his hand and yeah. starts eating it. He's like, this guy can stay in my room. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. Biting he starts the guy. biting at him. It's it's great. You love all. So I you watch this movie on repeat all day and so, I would be in heaven. So drunk Billy, you go for it. Yes. 100%. Like you love that absurdity. I do. Like I go full on for this. Oh, that's man. funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, is there anything more on this dinner scene you got? No, that's it. Other th- other than we just we just learned that, that Billy is a drunken buffoon. Yeah. And... We, we get this great montage afterward, him hanging out with his friends. That's right. Um, Throwing so, pickles. Yeah, they're at dinner, racing pickles yep. at him. Um, another thing that's probably super rare now is like a outdoors burger joint. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Don't see too many of those. And then you see um, old man Ted. Clemens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Poop again. Ted Clemens. Yep. So I, I think this is the high point. It's a good good scene. Um, you know, we had we had I don't know if you knew this, we had guys that did this and when we were in school that did this to old people. Really? Yeah. We we were we went to school with a lot of uh what's a nice way to put it? Dick bags? Yeah. <laughs> did do they not realize that the, the I don't know if it ever worked. I'm just saying they well, tried the it. The story <laughs> is saying that like this behavior is <laughs> uh, not good. Yeah. 
No, they yeah. didn't get that memo. Right. But it, yeah, so we get old man Ted Clemens, and uh, they set a, a flaming bag of poop on his doorstep, and he goes out. Do you love that he answers the door in his tidy whities and, and a tank boots. top? Yeah, yeah. And boots. Why is he yep. wearing boots? Yep. And he comes out there, and you have his his wife yelling at him. Don't put it out with your boots, Ted. <laughs> Don't. And then he's like, mind your own business, devil woman. And then he puts it out anyway with his boots. He didn't uh, listen to her. I think it's, oh, it's <laughs> poop again. And then they go. That's so called, good. He called the shit poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're so surprised That's that right. he said poop and not shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Norm MacDonald's so freaking good. That's man. right. Good stuff. <laughs> okay, so we get all this this great stuff. From this point, we get the, kind of the basic setup of the movie here. And we get that um, his dad is wanting to sell the company. Correct. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Or, he, I'm not sell the I'm sorry. His dad is wanting to step down from the step company. Down. I yeah. spoke there. Sorry. Retire. Yes. And he is, he is looking to put someone else in charge. Obviously, the most, um, the person that would be put in charge is his son. But he's realized his son is is a drunken buffoon. He is not very intelligent and he doesn't feel safe putting the company into his loving arms. Right. So the, it comes into conversation that Billy thought he was a good student, but his dad paid everybody off for Billy to graduate. Yeah. And Billy has been living this comfortable life, playing video games and getting drunk with his friends. Yep. Um, and Billy wants to show that he can run a company. So, I have written down, like, Billy's plan is to graduate every single grade, kindergarten through senior year. In two weeks for each grade. In two weeks. So, that being said, does graduating high school qualify someone to be a CEO of a (laughs) giant corporation, like, instantly? Like, congratulations, you graduated high school... Here's a multi-million, maybe billion-dollar company. Good, pretty good deal, if you ask me. Yeah. So, it, it's a little silly. Yes. But they agree to the deal. They agree to it. And if he fails, then Eric gets the company. Yeah, Bradley Whitford. Yes. So, after this is announced, we get one of our first like hints of surrealism because... They make it seem like the music is diegetic. <laughs> now, you can argue that the Penguin is like a drunken fantasy right. and maybe it's not actually supposed to be there but the music very much seems diegetic um crumble for you yeah. starts playing and billy, and billy has on the a, stairs. a very long dance scene yep. on oh, yeah. the stairway yeah he's just feeling good he's got that little sweater vest thing yeah. on just dancing feeling free yeah yep. yeah good stuff <laughs> All right, well, so, okay, so after this, um, we get to school. Billy makes it to his first uh, first grade here. Thank you, Daddy. If, yes, uh, he misses the bus. <laughs> yep. He gets snack packs. and No, yeah. he doesn't get a snack pack. Oh, no, where's my snack pack? Correct. Uh, uh, I I'll be your snack she, pack. Yes, she says she'll be a snack pack. <laughs> we get at this. Obviously, um, uh, Wanda makes multiple uh, passes at Billy throughout the film, uh-huh. talking about... Uh, his sweet, uh, quote-unquote, ass. Yeah. And snack packing. So, obviously, she's into him. But, uh, yeah, so he misses the bus. His dad has to drop him by school. And, yeah, as he 
leaves the thank you daddy thank you daddy <laughs> that's a really good really yeah. little line there while this happens we meet Veronica Vaughn as does Billy for the first time she's a skeptic yep she gives him hell a little bit but um, you know she thinks it's pretty pathetic what he's doing but she's so fine want to touch the hiney ow, 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 ow. <laughs> so uh, we get first grade uh, we meet Mrs. Lippy, his first grade teacher what do you think of Miss Lippy? did you ever her. have any teachers or instructors like this not quite I had instructors that were maybe on her nice level See, but not I, as obs- uh, uh, weird as her. I, I think maybe I've had teachers like this, mm-hmm. but we were not at an age, like, we were older. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think, um, yeah, definitely later high school and early college. Definitely had some Miss Lippies in my life. Yeah. Um, but I was a theater kid, so that makes sense. That's fair. I loved Mrs. Lippy in this movie. Like, I really like her a lot. She's ridiculous. She's an easygoing teacher... And she's very strange. I love when she's reading the story about the dog. Yeah, so we get the puppy who lost his way. That he stays awake through the whole thing. Yep. And at the end of the story, he is mad because the kid didn't put enough effort to find that fucking dog. Right. Yep. As he says. That's right. And she, her reaction is so great because she, as a kindergarten teacher would... Is just being attentive mm-hmm. and listening and understanding yeah. what he's saying. What and he's like, say. yeah, yeah, that is a good point, mm-hmm. Billy. <laughs> I just thought that yeah. was really funny. Yeah. And as she says, then uh, let's go play dodgeball. Also, yeah. <laughs> so during dodgeball, I just want to point out, um, when they first go outside, uh, Billy gets hit right with a dodgeball or as he walks in. We get our first instance of an O'Doyle. Oh, so when yeah. O'Doyle hits him, he says O'Doyle rules. This is a small first grader. Uh-huh. We will get four more instances with O'Doyle, which I will bring up each time here. More surrealism. Billy uh, then uh, goes, tries to go back inside. Mrs. Lippy is doing some weird dances inside. Yeah, like world classification music. That's right. She's like, Billy, this is my time. Uh-huh. So go out and play. So he's like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. He destroys them. He just starts <laughs> taking out kids with dodgeballs. No, okay. So there's a little segment in here I wanted to ask you about. Um, so the little urinals. <laughs> yeah. So he squats <laughs> to pee into the little urinal. Yep. Have you had problems with little urinals? And Now, keep in mind. So when I believe when we were growing up, our schools had the urinals that went from the floor right up, up. yeah to like adult chess level yeah now i will i will say this i am in, i'm a custodian right uh, i work at an elementary school uh-huh there are two different urinals okay there is even though they are both in the elementary bathroom there is one that fits where i can use and uh-huh. there's one that is Lower. I do not use Wait, the lower so, okay, one. Okay, but I'm confused. So the lower one, mm-hmm. why is that unusable? Okay, here's the thing. I, You could probably still use it, but like the bottom of it is like towards your stomach level to where like somebody like your height, you're a little taller than me. I don't know if you would be able to make it. Like the top of it yes. is at my stomach? Yeah. You're just just aim down. Okay, that's fair. I I'm just saying it, it would cause. I don't think it's not as exaggerant as what he's making it out uh-huh. to be in the film. I'm just saying it wouldn't be as easy. That's See, why. I was always confused by this. You know, 
you go to the bathroom, you you pocket pop it, mm-hmm. you get it out there, and you just pee in the urinal. Yeah. Now, what I don't like, I don't like freakishly tall urinals. Okay. Um, there is a restaurant that we go to. It's a Mexican restaurant. And in the men's bathroom, there is a urinal that is designed for a man that is eight foot tall because, like, I am a tall person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm above average sure. height. I feel like I have to stand on my tiptoes to not touch porcelain. No, oh, no. Oh. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's tough. You don't want to mess with that. No. I would rather have a little urinal. That's fair. I'm a I'm just a regular size guy, so I right. really don't have many issues either way. But I was just well, you're you're a bathroom stall man. I'm a stall man. I don't I I, I like just being completely private. Right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an I don't care. I'll go in a trough. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so I I just wanted to talk some you know y- urinal logistics yeah, with you no. for a bit since it's um brought up in this film. You know, to comedic purposes. I never understood the short urinal. Yeah. Why that's an issue. I, I think he... I do think he over-exaggerates a little now, bit. Now, why film. is there not a standard urinal size? We kind of have a yeah. standard for toilets. Like, all toilets kind of look the same. Why is there not a standard urinal? Why can't all urinals be from the ground to the top? Yeah. No, that's fair. Less mess? Yeah. You're, you're right. All right. Well, I'm glad we got all that out of the okay. way. Okay. So, um, I would like to say that uh, during this time here, after dodgeball and everything, we have the small urinal area. Um, we meet uh, the janitor, speaking of, during this time. <laughs> Sideburns. Sideburns. Um, he sees a tray of milk, Billy does. That's a good scene. He sees Mrs. Vaughn, walk or Miss Vaughn, I'm sorry, walk by, and uh, he says, he sees all this milk, and he's like, hey, all this milk. Uh, this could be our this milk. This could be our milk. You want some of this milk? And she's like... No milk will ever be our milk. And she walks away. Then he looks at the custodian and he's like, how about you, Sideburns? You want some of this milk? And he says... I'd rather have a beer. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) My next note is... So, nap time. A man in his 20s, late 20s, sleeping amongst a bunch of children. That's right. Like, that guy goes to jail now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not aged well. I wouldn't let that happen. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, as absurd as this situation is, that definitely would not happen. If they make Billy Madison mm-hmm. in the year 2019, you are not seeing a man have naps with children. Yeah, this is true. So, uh, well, on that note, uh, Billy does pass the first grade. Um, we get a party. His dad throws him a party. Every time he passes a grade, we get a party scene. Yes, um... He does. Uh, this is our... Okay, so there's a few moments in this film that has some great callbacks. This is going to be the first of our few callbacks. We have a clown. Uh-huh. And we, we see this clown take a fall. A, a real bad spill. A bad spill. <laughs> Bashes his head. He's, blood is spraying out of his yes, head. You see blood on, on, on the concrete. Um, and I just put LOL because I laugh every time I see it happen. I, I do too, but also I think this is a good argument for it being a surreal dream because, mm-hmm. like, that clown bashes his skull in. That's right. Like, it's violent and bloody. Yeah. And nobody reacts. That's like, right. they're just laughing. He's, he's just there. And we'll talk about this later when, when he reappears. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. 
Um, so we've got this. After this, um, we come up to the next grade. Not a lot of time spent there, but we get a spelling bee. Um, Billy wins because he spells couch right instead of C-O-W-C-H. He spells it correctly without putting an R in there first, asking her if she's going to the mall later. Not that bad. Anyway, so he passes <laughs> second grade. We get another party. Um, and then we're going to move on to probably the, the big, the biggest part of the movie that we spend the most time with is his third grade experience right. with uh, Miss Veronica Vaughn. Yes. So, um, obviously, right when he starts, Veronica has already kind of had a distaste for him a little bit. Uh-huh. Billy gets off to a bad start um, because the letter, or I'm sorry, the number 69 is used. Uh-huh. And he yells out 69 and starts laughing hard, these sophomore things. And uh, then he's ripping kids in class. A kid tries to read and is stuttering. Today, Junior. Today, Junior. <laughs> and, uh, you know... He's he's just he's being he's being himself just just being an awful. Did you ever get guy. did you ever get disciplined in school by getting yanked on by the ear? No, I did. You did. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Violent. I yeah. Well, I was being picked on. I got picked on a lot. That's, that's fair. But the teacher chose you. The one. All right. So <laughs> he gets grabbed by the ear, and she kind of you know rips him, and he's like, "I see your lips moving. I can't pick out the words. I'm deaf. You know, right stuff." Um. You know, more things. Uh, I want to point out that around this time, we get our second O'Doyle experience. Right. Um, In the cafeteria. That's right. Um, O'Doyle rules again. This is the second time. Also in this time, we meet Principal Anderson for Uh the first time. Um, And he comes on the scene. Uh, Miss Vaughn is sick one day at school. Principal Anderson. Before that. Yes. Um... So, they're doing cursive. That's right. And yep. they're doing baseball day. Yeah. So, he has to spell Rizzuto. Yep. Now, is cursive taught today? Do you know, being in the educational so, services... at the time this was made, cursive would have been taught still. Right. Because we were taught cursive. Today, I will be honest, I don't believe it is. I don't think it is because, like, I have people that sell stuff... Yeah. At my store, and I need a signature from them, and they do not know how to sign their own name. Yeah. I will be honest, um, we both learned cursive when we were in school. Right. We wrote with it. You can write in cursive I can. still. Now, I will say, it's not something that's needed very often in our society nowadays. There are certain letters. Because keyboards. Right. There are certain letters that I have trouble with. Is Z one of Z them? Z would have been one. Would you have? <laughs> I wouldn't have done it like him, but I, but I wouldn't have done it right. You would you wouldn't have made them what E's or G's? I, yeah, I wouldn't have. But I but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have achieved. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So cursive not important in today's world. Yeah, yeah. Unless you need to sign something, which yeah, I think you need to sign a check. I think. Well, I don't know if checks are used anymore. To be honest, the olds use them. The olds do use them, mm-hmm. but yeah. the olds know cursive. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I, when we're I, old. Like, do you think checks will still exist? That's a fair question. I do still do a check about once a year. Um, you write a check? I write a check once a year. Do you have a checkbook? Yes, but it was Do my... you write the balance? I do not write the balance. Oh, you don't keep track of it. Here's the bad news. Okay. I only have one check left. I use one check a year, and I'm down on my one last check, so... Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. So, <laughs> I just did the wrestling thing. Um, drink. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. Drink. Um... <laughs> So, how many checks, how long has this checkbook lasted you? 
this checkbook has lasted me since I opened my checking account in the Springfield area, which would have been in 2005 to six, give or take. So this whole checkbook has lasted me that long. I have never got another book of checks since I've lived in Springfield. So you've been using the same checkbook for 13 years? Yes, give or take. <laughs> That's right. And now I'm finally on my last check this year. So what are you going to do when you write this check? Okay, who do you write checks to? Okay, so my, my one check a year that I write to is to... Give me a second to think. It is to... And again, I could do this online, actually. It's just a matter of me being... It, I don't know why. No, this is a good weird quirk. It's it's like <laughs> it's personal property tax. Personal property tax, you pay with a check. Yeah, because they don't take cash. So you either pay with a check or you pay online. Why don't you pay online? That's what people have been doing the last 15 years. I will eventually, maybe when my last check runs out. This might be my last year for a check. Have you paid it yet? No, I mean, I paid this year's. So you next year? Yeah, next year, I guess. So once your checkbook hits the ripe old age of 14, it's done. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> so you, I'm, la- I'm, t- I'm you lasting this keep, out, man. You keep a checkbook with one check in it. Just for a thing that you're going to do a year from now. Yeah. Do you plan on getting more checks? I don't know. That's 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 the question that I've got to answer myself in this next year. <laughs> a lot of soul searching. This is true. Oh. All because of cursive. How about that's, that? That's really good. I'm glad we had this aside. Valentine's Day. So Principal Anderson comes in and uh, we meet him. Uh, there's a great uh, song by the Cars playing, I'm Not the One, um, as Valentine's little cards are getting sent yeah. to everybody. Um, we get one that is sent to Billy from Principal Anderson. Well, before that, you have this weird scene right. Right, right, right. where he's reading all these fancy cards from little girls. That's right. They're all and he's like, hi. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. That wouldn't be allowed today. That's right. Right. Like, a, lot of, a lot of things. That... Like, pedo humor doesn't go well today. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't even think gay jokes would go well today. No, there's a lot of gay jokes in this film. Which, yeah, the principal sends him a card. That's right. Do you have what it says? I do. It says, I want you, Billy, and then dot, 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 underneath, I'm horny. That wouldn't play today. No. That'd be a rough go. Do you love it? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that happens. Um we Billy like becomes kind of good friends with a little kid named Ernie in his class. Um, after school that day, that uh, Mrs. Va- Miss Vaughn's gone. They do like Billy makes Ernie call her, and uh, which is funny because that's kind of the thing that kids did. <laughs> it is true. It's a funny little scene. So asks her if uh, if he if she likes anybody in class, and she's like no. And then he asks her about Billy, and then Billy gets mad at him when he when he closes the phone and says you blew it and it's funny. So anyway, that happens. Um, next scene I want to talk about is they go on a little bit of a field trip. Okay. Yeah. This is a standout sequence. A lot of good things happen in this sequence. I have Chris Farley next level heat. Yeah. he's That's just what I have written down. He's really good here. So to begin with, like some of the kids start throwing sandwiches at him. Chris Farley's a bus driver. I don't know if we ever get a name for him, so I just call him bus driver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he gets really upset. Yeah. Um, also during this time, 
Billy gets like double dared by one of the kids to touch right. Miss Vaughn's boobs. Uh, he does, and she kind of likes it. Here's another thing that would not play well today. <laughs> no. So, when asked to grab a boob, yeah. Billy says, he goes, that's assault, that's brother. That's assault, brother. And then he does it anyway. He does it anyways. <laughs> like, yeah. he has the foreknowledge that that is sexual assault. Yeah. But he still does it. He still does it. And I, I find this, again, I, I find this to be also very strange that she actually, she likes it. And, like, I kind of put that, if you think about Veronica's character, she's very kind of psychologically lucid. So, like... She is just almost as messed up as Billy. Yeah. If, like, both of them are are need help, basically. Which also <laughs> leads to the idea that maybe this is a dream. This is true. Because, yes. like, That's she, the turn for her is so fast. It is. It is fast. <laughs> so, uh, also, uh, during, during this time, um, this will come back later. Another good throwback right now. Uh our bus driver, Mr. Chris Farley. Oh, yeah, the banana. Eats a banana. He throws the peel out onto the road. Uh-huh. And we get a a, a, a nice kind of um, a take of this banana. Just Yeah, they do a long take of the banana full frame on the road. Yeah. So, obviously, it's hinting that it is important and it will show up later. Yeah, this, this, this is true. Um, you know, after they uh, get off the bus, they have the their field trip for a little bit. Um, they find out someone has stolen their sack lunches. Who would steal 30 sack lunches? That's right. Again, out of nowhere, this is another good part. Um, we see the bus driver, but also we see Billy's two best friends there. Yeah. How did they get there? I don't exactly. know. That's so I, I've <laughs> pegged everything in this movie that I thought led to mm-hmm. the idea that it was just surrealism. Yeah. Um, this is surrealism. Yeah. Um, 30 lunches split between three guys, two of which, how did they physically get there? That's right. I don't know. But they're just sitting by the bus here's laughing. The, here's the thing, logically. Eating yeah, all the kids' food. That logically, you have to think about, too, is, A, neither one of them drive. They're both just yeah lurchers, and they, they, they... They're drunks. They're drunks. They just live off of Billy. Yeah. So, like... They wouldn't have drove there. Second off, they wouldn't have hitchhiked there. No, we don't know how long. Like, well, like they gone. Yeah, it's like this is something that would be in Billy's head because he <laughs> would think it's amusing. Right. Also, I'll tell you who did it. That damn Sasquatch. Yes. So we we get an older lady who <laughs> says some really great things. That's her first great line of dialogue. Um. So next, uh, Ernie, uh, you know, pees his pants. Billy does a nice thing by like. Realizing the kid is in some trouble here. He peed his pants. Everyone's so, going to make yeah, fun of him. Yeah, he splashes his jeans. Yeah, splashes his own jeans. Billy mm-hmm. Billy does, it, does it not one of his few nice things here and and helps the kid out. Well, and it shows change that Billy's becoming a better human. That's right. He's maturing Which, somewhat. That small, minute act of kindness, I guess, gets Veronica Vaughn all revved up. Yes, that got her good. Um, uh, one thing I love here is after, when, right when Ernie, you see that he's peed his pants, Billy's like, hey, what happened? Goo! He yeah. just yells goo, sees the pee. I think that's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, that happens. Um, then after, like, he shows everybody's like, hey, Billy peed his pants. And then they're like, oh, Ernie peed his pants too. Cool. So everyone pees their pants, obviously. If peeing your pants is cool... Consider me Miles Davis. Yeah, hilarious. Another That's a good line. joke. It is. 
Billy says that's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you think that joke plays today? You think people know who Miles Davis if is? They, I mean, they should. He's still relevant in society. It's a good joke. It is a good joke. Um, this now this is kind of a long thing too. I love here. All of this is just this is a just just a great just just a great flow here in the movie. After all this happens, they go back to the bus, and we get Chris Farley's character. Yeah, and Adam Sandler's character have a little bit of a dialogue. He says that Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. I know from experience, dude. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't. And well, not me personally, but a guy I know him and her got it on. Woo wee! No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> but you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? No, huh? And then he just pats him <laughs> on the back. Everybody on the bus, good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. I love the good, great, grand. I feel like that's a thing that we say a lot. Yep, this is true. <laughs> so <laughs> this happens. Great scene. We're finally past that, and Billy finally passes Can we go on another aside? Yeah. Real quick. Yep. So the initial wager was to pass these in two weeks, or was each grade to be two weeks? Each grade, two weeks. Okay. That's the way I took it. Okay. No, no, no. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Even still, so he had a character change within two weeks. Yes. That took his teacher from loathing him to... To offering sex at a party. This is true. Yeah. Which almost happens except Crazy Carl comes in the tent and ruins everything. So let's talk about this party. Um, A lot of plot is dropped at this party. Yep. Um, Another surreal moment that happens early. Yeah. Billy's other friend, who's not Norm MacDonald, is water torturing... A child with a hose. He's like just laughing, like yeah, <laughs> and spraying a kid in the face with a water hose. That's right. The kid's like, "Stop it, Mister!" Stop. Yeah, he's just laughing. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know, but it's great. It's great, but yeah, that more surrealism. Yeah, yep. Um, so at this at, at his third grade party, um, Veronica comes and she brings uh, Billy a, a gift. And it is, like, a ton of snack packs. Yeah, like 40 snack packs. So, like, he's not going to run out of snack pack pudding, at least for a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Again, at this point, like we just said, like, her and Billy are about to engage in his tent. Yeah, I have no build to romance written down. It just happens, right? During this moment, Carl kind of busts in, um, and uh, he needs... Well, the whole time, Bradley Whitford, um, Eric, he is scheming That's to right. um, try to make Billy fail. And he comes up with an idea, viewing the principal in the pool, which also, that, everything is weird. Everybody that Billy knows or that has been shown in the movie shows up at these parties. Yeah. Like, the principal is at these parties. so He's always there. Every two weeks, the principal's there, which you could kind of, like, take as, like, he's kind of being paid off. He'd have to be paid off to let this little experiment happen in the first place. Yeah. So, we we get this point of view from Eric where, you know, he sees Principal Anderson. Obviously, he's, he's up to something, <coughs> which Carl points out as he interrupts Billy in the tent, and he does, like, his little mischievous <laughs> laugh. Yeah. So, we get that. Uh, next is a nice little montage segment of Jackson 5's ABC uh-huh. and I was just like this is a fire segment I love it you just see like 
um, that song playing and Billy just doing ridiculous things as he passes through elementary school. Right. And he gets all the way up to middle school. Um, kind of, it goes a little faster. Well, no, he point. gets he gets out of middle school because uh, yeah, I was going to say, isn't high school our next big arc? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say it, it kind of goes pretty fast from this point. So right after that little montage, then we go through Billy passing middle school, um, and then all the way up to um, kind of him in high freshman school. freshman in high yeah. school. And from that point, uh, it goes pretty fast from there. Uh, we we meet some of the kids that he's in high school with. There's a kid. Um, uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold up. Before we do that, I'm going to uh-huh. say this real quick. We see kind of one more last scene when he's with his his friends from elementary school because there's a kid that's like burping the ABCs. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the Sloppy Joe lady, of course. Oh, yeah. Have some more Sloppy Joe. I made him real sloppy for you. That's him. right. So that happens, and that is to the point where we finally have a party, one more party, Billy is finally going to high school. Yeah, and at this point, um, isn't the principal um, intimidated by Eric? This is where... He he brings out the wrestling magazine. This is where we get their encounter, yes. So Eric and Principal Anderson meet each other. Eric um, confronts him and shows him... It was like the revolting blob. The revolting blob shows him this wrestling magazine, and he's like, hmm... This person looks eerily similar to you, Principal Anderson. And no. he's like, no, and you see, yeah, a lot of lot of lot going on there. Um, he's like, and man, yeah, this guy seemed like a terrible person, and he and he he sat on a guy's head, killed him, and yeah. killed him, yeah, because he was supposed to pinch the leg, you know, to tap That's out. That's right. Didn't happen. Wrestling, man. Yeah, great sport. So, sports entertainment. That's right. Uh, so Eric blackmails Principal Anderson. So he will help finish Billy. For good. Yeah. It, it's really good. All the stuff with Eric, everything with Bradley Whitford is phenomenal. Yes. So we get Billy in high school for the first time. Our, our first taste of him in high school is him being just more of his ridiculous self. We see him <laughs> No, like, I will not make out with you. I will not you. make out with you. Chlorophyll, chlorophyll, more like borophyll. Yeah, that biology seems pretty good. He's making fun and acting, you know... Like a little kid. Yep. And it doesn't play in high school. And I think it's great because he's like driving... Isn't he driving like a T-Bird or something? Yeah. And he's wearing denim. So it's like... Like that in a, a black leather leather jacket. Looking it's like thing. whenever he probably graduated, right. like 1983. Like, this was cool. Yeah. yeah. This will still play. And that's what he was doing. <laughs> and like this girl's just completely put off by it. Yep. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Get out of here. <laughs> no, I will not make out with that's you. That's right. After this, uh, we get our next encounter with an O'Doyle. Um, a pudding is thrown on a man's head, or uh-huh. on, on Billy's head. Um, again, we get O'Doyle rules. This is for our third uh, encounter with an O'Doyle. So they're kind of building this idea that, like, Billy is an outcast and that he isn't a cool kid anymore. Right. Like, he's being made fun of. He is the nerd. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a line during that exchange that would also not play well today. The one high school kid saying, like, yeah, they stuck a parking cone up um, my ass. Yes, that's right. Like, <laughs> they sexually assaulted you yep. with a parking cone. Yep. How did it... Yep. 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 Rough go. Rough go. <laughs> but, yeah. So, after this, um, Billy is obviously having a rough time in high school. So, he goes back to third remember. grade. Yep. Goes back to his third grade class. Says uh, hi to Miss Vaughn and the third grade kids that he's I can't wait with. till I'm in high school. We get this great moment. 
I don't know how to explain this kid other than he has the fattest cheeks I've ever seen. He is a large child. And he, he this kid is, is very jolly. And he's like, Billy, I can't wait till I go to hike school. And he, he just takes him by the cheeks. And it's the most like he's jiggle I've it. ever seen from a human possible. He just shakes him. He's like, don't say that. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. Stay as long as you possibly can. Yeah. You gotta cherish it. You do. You do. <laughs> and it's it's great. So Vaughn takes him out into the hallway because she can see he's upset. That's right. And she puts into his mind that he was probably popular in high school. Yeah. And he was probably mean to kids. Right. And it doesn't feel good to be picked on. Right. So, we get this wonderful scene of Billy calling Steve Buscemi. That's right. Danny McGrath is, one of his, is, is the character's name. In the- one of his old classmates yep. they used to pick on. And it, it's just like one of those weird conversations you would have with someone you haven't seen in 10 years. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry I did that. No, it's cool, man. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, I'd love to get coffee sometime. Yeah, we'll get together. And you see that his house is like... It looks like serial killer room. Very much. He's got a, like a rifle in the corner or something. Yep. And he it, he puts on some... Well, he's got lipstick. Yep. And he has a list of people to murder. Yep. And Billy is on the list. He crosses him out. Yep. Um, and then he puts the lipstick on and kind of lays back and enjoys yep. it. Yeah, feeling good while in the background, um, telephone line by Electric Light Orchestra is playing. Well, and you also got to keep in mind, I bet this is kind of a riff on Sons of the Lambs because that film, right. Buffalo Bill's kind of like a, um, a flamboyant character. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get that scene of him, you know, dancing, this is you true. know, to the White Horse or... Yeah, we're going to butcher the song we're both yeah. talking about right now a little bit. But yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Anyways, so I, I think that they were probably kind of run, going leaning into sure. a Silence of the Lambs poke. Like, oh, you understand what we're saying with serial killers if we make him a little flamboyant. I'm not going to argue with that at all because I believe you are 100% right. So after all this happens, um, Principal Anderson goes on TV for, you know, and actually says uh, he was bribed by Billy Madison to pass Billy through elementary school. And Which I would like to know, like, how did the agreement for him to even go back to school as an adult, how was that allowed? Was there yeah. not a bribery there? <laughs> you would, there'd have to be. You you would think. <laughs> His dad's a very powerful man. Who voted this? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Billy is obviously distraught. He goes on a bender. More drunk Billy. Back to being drunk. Also, I wrote... Drunk Billy's still very annoying. And I wrote, Sandler is a hell of a physical actor. Obviously, we're in a little uh, disagreement there, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> he goes to Veronica Vaughn's house. Um, talkie, 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 no more talkie. A quick side note on that. When I was in uh, high school, I played baseball. On our baseball team, and uh, when I was a senior, uh, me and a couple other of my uh, friends, I think it was junior year as well, um, when we were in the dugout, like when I wasn't playing and our, and my friends with me and the other team, when they would have their pitcher be struggling, their catcher would go out to talk to him. We would yell from the dugout, talkie, 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 no more talkie. I love to the that. other team. And we did it a lot until we got in trouble. Then we didn't do it anymore. Who got you in trouble? I think our, 
our the umpire actually because uh, our coach really didn't care, right? Um, but the umpire actually came and told our coach we needed to stop doing it one game, or else we would get in trouble. Like punishments would happen. So our coach told us we need to knock it off. But it, 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 it we did that for a long period of time. I think sports would be better if people could mock others. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, that's 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 a that's a ridiculous side note. Uh, so I uh, love it. Uh, yeah, um, Veronica obviously doesn't believe that Billy did this, um, but um, she can't like talk with him really because he's out of his element. Right, so, and he sees the imaginary penguin in her house. That's right, and she basically just kicks him out of there. Like yeah, because he he insinuates that. Her and the penguin are conspiring. That's right. Against him. Against him. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So after this, they, you know, Billy and his friends, they go back to his house. They have a crazy night. We see the scene happen in the morning. We're supposing it's the morning, afternoon, something. Do we think this is how she got cast for Mortal Kombat? Definitely. Just beats the hell out of Billy. You see this like shot of just like beer and pizza boxes and and a absurd amount of snacks and food and beer. Right. And, you know, it, it, anyway, Veronica ends up coming into scene and she, like, wakes him up, just starts, just really laying Beating into the him. the shit out of him yeah. in the pool. throws him into the pool and she basically is just like, you know, what are you doing? You know, get it together, man. You know, you got a lot to, to go for here, you know? You got the business, you got me. So he's like, after she does this, he kind of snaps in, out of it. And when this happens, this is my personal favorite scene in the movie. The musical number? We get the musical number. More surrealism. So here's here's the great thing about the musical number. There is a scene after the musical number that informs the viewer that the musical number actually happened. Mm -hmm. Which means... It wasn't like a dream. It was like this actually happened. Like this is the most surreal moment in the film. Mm-hmm. Like it is. This is a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. Basically, fever dream in the pool. Very much. So, the cla- I mean, the the biggest thing in this. I mean, it's a very catchy tune. I love singing it sometimes just yeah. by myself, and I'll. Like you know me, I love singing Broadway numbers. Anyway I get sometimes. the I get the clown part stuck in my head. The hey, kids, yeah, it's, it's me. I, I bet, bet you thought, thought that, that I was dead. dead. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. So the the clown comes back and he's alive out of he's nowhere. He's alive. He's like, you thought I was dead, but no, I just had a hemorrhage in my head. You know, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm back. The third but grade class is there. But you've been like, you've been laying in that spot for how many weeks? Yeah. Yeah, two, three months at least. <laughs> yeah, so he's fine. And the class shows up, the third grade class. They're singing along, you know. Did you notice the clown is in every scene after that? Yeah. There's a group? That's right. The clown is there. He's there. Yep. Surreal. That's right. Um, so, yeah, you know, they have this great this 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 great uh, musical tune. Uh, Billy is like, I'm going to get it back together. So after this, the kids go and visit Principal Anderson. Um, Which that is the scene that informs that it happened yeah. because it happens right after the musical right? number where the third graders show up to be the background chorus. And then they have the idea to go to Principal Anderson and tell him 
like, hey, you lied about Billy. Yeah. Like, that scene informs that the musical number happened. It happened. 100%. The hell? Yeah. So, Principal Anderson is like, okay, um, these kids are right. He comes clean, goes back on TV again, says he lied about Billy. So then they have the idea... Well, Eric gets mad. Right. This is, this is another surreal thing that happens. Mm-hmm. He find, he sees the TV broadcast, and he throws a stapler? I think that's right. Into his secretary's head, Joyce. <laughs> and she goes into a coma. <laughs> like, he puts his secretary in a coma. That's just an aside. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nothing more about it. That's just a, a one-off there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So... After this happens, you know, well, Billy's dad's like, well, now what are we going to do? You yeah, know? and then Eric, like, mocks him. Like, he's like, yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah, what are we going to do now? And, and he's like, I'm going to sue you, you know, if yeah. you, you go through this. And then Billy's all of a sudden, he's like. They have a triathlon. We're going to do this. Because he sees a picture of Bruce Jenner. That's right. And he's like, you know what? We're going to have this academic decathlon. Yeah, a decathlon. Decathlon. And Eric, for some reason, agrees. Yeah, I don't know why. Don't know why, but it works. It doesn't make sense. So, we have this uh, decathlon. Um, before this... They're studying for it. Oh, before studying. this. Before yeah, this, I want to say this is my last run in here after with O'Doyle. So, Billy goes back to school. He's been gone for a little bit of time. No, this for a happens days. during the decathlon, I think. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, you know, he missed school for a little bit. Oh, okay. So, now now he's come back to school because he's like, okay, we got to finish this thing. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking so, about. So, O'Doyle puts manure inside Billy's locker. He opens the locker, and we get number the fourth run in with an O'Doyle. And he's like, O'Doyle rules. This is at the point where Billy says, O'Doyle, I got a feeling your whole family is going down. We'll leave it at that for now. So then we start getting some montages. Um, we have uh, Veronica studying with Billy. Taking her clothes taking off. Taking her clothes off. If he gets the answers right, then he messes up. She starts putting them back on. And then we get a callback to that. We do. Within minutes yes. of bus driver Chris Farley. That's right. Being revealed as the person taking their clothes off. Yes. And he does take his shirt off. Yeah. Billy doesn't just secede to uh, pressure this time. No. And... Yes, uh, our our bus driver takes that shirt off, has the little pinky to his mouth. Uh-huh. That is correct. <laughs> Very good scene. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we get that. We get some Billy and uh, Eric studying montage going on here. And finally, we have the decathlon begins here. And kind of... They kind of go back and forth. Exactly. Um, I do have a moment of surrealism. It is during the home ec part. Uh, where yes. they're cooking, yeah. or baking, I baking, guess, right. specifically. Billy's um, cake yeah. is a cake or a pie or something. It comes out, and it looks great. Eric's doesn't. <laughs> it looks bad. But then, inexplicably, he gets lit on fire. That's right. And it's a full-body burn. And he's like, like <laughs> We're talking, like, out of, like, the thing or, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, that type of full-body burn. Yeah. And straight up. He's just on fire. Yep. And they're laughing at him. Yep. He's good, though. Surrealism. He's all right. Also, we get, like, a chemistry thing going where Eric pulls out a nice crystal that he has made, but Billy pulls out a boot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just his boot. It's just the boot. He throws it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, during all this stuff, um, they go back and forth. And this is finally where we get the call, the call back from the banana. 
The death of the O'Doyles. The O'Doyles finally meet their end here. So they get we get this nasty car that's driving on this road. O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Yeah, they're they're Adoyle all just rules. very full of themselves. Just a clan of idiots. The dad is like, who rules? And that they're just like O'Doyle rules. And then the banana peel happens. The car hits the banana peel. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. It spins out. Spins out. The, off a cliff? The series of like an edit or so. And all of a sudden you see it off a cliff and it just dives to the death. More surrealism. All the O'Doyles die. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a good payoff. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It's good. So anyway, that happens. So goodbye O'Doyles. Um, and so then we kind of just get to our closing here. Um, what what do you think of this um, moderator? <laughs> He's an interesting type. Man, hilarious. Uh, he is funny. So, like, some of the categories are like, my wife's a dirty tramp. Yeah, very dry, but very, very funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they... They get into it kind of in like a Jeopardy sort of way where they have to give yeah, answers. Yeah, categories. To categories. And, and each one has to pick the category for the other person. Um, so, Billy, his question is something to do about, um, was it liter- literature yeah, so, and how it's affected during the Industrial Age? That's right. So, so he... Reflections calls, of society and literature. Yeah. So, he calls back... To um, the story from his very first class. The puppy who lost his way. And he talks a a nonsense story about business. And what do you think of the moderator's speech after this? This is one of the best things in the film, right? (laughs) Do you have it in full? I didn't write the full quote. I just, the judge rips him. He does at the end of it, like, he says to an extent of that was one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard in my life. And I award you no points. No points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. Everybody in this room is dumber now. That's right. From what you've just said. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It so, is probably one of the best parts of the film. A raw ripping, indeed. So, obviously, he doesn't get the point. So, it's... it's Billy is still up by a point at this time, and it's it's Eric's turn. So, Billy chooses him a biz, uh, business, business ethics. ethics. Yes. And... He freaks out. Eric chokes, basically. He chokes. Obviously, it's like a joke thing. He he has no ethics. Yeah, so exactly. He chokes. He pulls a gun? Where did the gun come from? Where did the gun come from? It comes from nowhere. Why would he pull a gun out? Why did he have a gun? Steve Buscemi comes and saves the day. <laughs> so, yeah. We it's have, like a dead zone type setup. We have our two characters that have... It's kind of strange. Both both characters in the movie that have like been portrayed as possibly gay characters uh-huh. are both the two people that save Billy uh-huh. at the end. It's just it's a strange. It's a, the whole the whole scene is a bit strange. But so yeah, we have the Eric pulls the gun. Yeah, we have the principal, and he comes out dressed as his wrestler character. He gets Billy out of the way, saves him, and at the same time we have Steve Buscemi. Who brings his rifle of sorts and shoots Eric in the ass? Yeah, it's it, it it it's a crazy little scene. Yep. So Billy wins. Like it just goes from there. Billy wins. Yeah. Steve Buscemi saves the day. Yep. And then it goes into Billy's graduation ceremony party. Yep. In which he's handed the company, but he hands the company to Crazy Carl. Yeah. Because Carl's a good employee. A good good move on his part. Yeah. And, 
Okay, so Eric is there. Why is he at the ceremony? He should be in jail. Is he not? Did they not? Did guards not lead him away? At the they end? did. Yeah. So <laughs> why is he even there in the first place? Well, why is Billy? Why is Eric at Billy's graduation? Yeah. First off, I mean, even if he was on bail, they wouldn't let him in that uh, area. You wouldn't think. None of it makes sense. None. But I respect it. And then you get this montage of making out. So everyone Billy, gets a partner. Billy makes out with uh, Veronica. Yep. Um, the the maid makes out with Steve Buscemi. Yep. Um, Chris Farley gets the penguin. Yep. All of this is it's hinted to be real. Mm-hmm. More surrealism. <laughs> Norm Macdonald. Who did he end up with? Did, was it the snot rag lady? We didn't even talk about her. One did, of, somebody ends up with the snot rag Did both of them lady. end up with snot rag? <laughs> I don't remember. I think the high schooler ended up with snot rag. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the two high, his two high school friends. Like, one's on each cheek kissing her. Who did Norman up? I can't remember, man. No. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. Every, everyone's just kissing everybody at the end. It's, it's beautiful. We're at the end of this film. What do you think of it? Do you think that this is a fever dream? From Billy being drunk in the hey, pool. I, I personally like that uh, take. I like that You're stance. welcome. Um, I think it's it's brilliant. I'm 100% on board with this idea. I'm also on board with my own belief that it is a great absurdist comedy. And I, I love this movie. I'm, Do you think this movie... Like, if you were to pair this with something that wasn't another Adam Sandler film... Like, do you think, like, uh, like Head? That would be fun. That'd be that'd be trippy stuff right there. Good call. <laughs> like this movie's bug nuts insane. Yeah, Just surreal. Yeah, it's it it. I don't know what to say other than I I just love this you movie love this so much. movie. I've watched it. You know, I used to watch this a lot when I was younger. I hadn't seen it probably in ten years to be honest. Really? And then uh, la- uh, just a few months back, I watched it and I watched it again. Obviously here, so this is two times in the last year I've watched it. Laughed it, the same amount both times. Did you watch it with anybody when you watched it? I watched it? it with a friend, Kendra, the first time. She loved it as well. She'd seen it before when she was younger. Um, and every time I've ever watched this with another person, it's just... they You both it. laugh. Yeah, yeah, everybody laughs. It's, it's a movie that's just... There are flaws, obviously, but... Right. It, it's, it's things that I look past very easily because of how much enjoyment I'm having with the film. So, so five star movie. It's like a, I gave it four. Citizen Kane, uh, not quite Citizen Kane level, but I greatly enjoy this movie. All right, it's a comedy that I fully get behind. No, I I dig this movie. I think it's really funny. I think it's one of his better films. It might not be as um, consistently well crafted as like a Happy Gilmore or sure. Wedding Singer is. Sure, but I think it's a very entertaining movie. Very funny. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. This was a lot of fun. You know, uh, I had a good time this week, man. Shit, this yeah, was a fun man. episode. We went a little long, but it was worth it. Uh, so, um, that being said, you can find us on Cinema Parlor on iTunes. You can also find us at Cinema Parlor on SoundCloud and on Twitter. You can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Esclover84 on Letterboxd. And our next episode. Yes. The Avengers... Um, Endgame is coming out and to celebrate this this end of an era we're going to talk about Marvel films 
Um, we're going to be talking about Marvel in our lives before and after exposure to these films. Sure. And just like our thoughts and, you know, maybe a little build to this new film. Well, that sounds good. And, um... Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, this has been fun, and we'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.